Water report, y'all. I just remember, I, this is like my all time, this was, I, I don't know if, the, if this is telling about our relationship, Phil, but <laughs> this is the all time story of, uh, of me working under you. I was, uh, I was a fourth year resident at the time and I get called down as on trauma, right? Hey, we've got the, uh, this is the ultimate, like, this is what people want to hear about the non-surgeons, non-medical people. Rectal foreign body down the ED. Yes. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, just pull it out. Like, I've had a, you know, I, I, this is this was my second one before. The first one was in Nerf football. That one came out pretty easy. We just had to go to the OR with a proctoscope and pull on it. This one, the uh, the resident uh, is Tiffany Wright. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope Tiffany. I hope Tiffany's listening because she'll love this story. Yes, but, Tiffany. I, um, yes, we... she. Yes. So um, <laughs> she calls me like, hey. Um, I, I got this. a I got a guy down here with a rectal form body. We can't get it out. And I was like, I mean, did you try putting a foley and blowing That's the right. balloon up and putting a bunch of loop? Nope, it won't come out. I'm like, what is it? He's put got, another foley. I was right? like, put two of them. I think we had three <laughs> foley's of this up guy's there, butt. Yeah. I was like, no. I mean, we went down there and this guy had done like all the drugs in Fayette County. Like he was so high and drunk and just. He wasn't even angry. He's just like just tired of everybody like digging around trying to get his foreign body out, and he couldn't tell us what it was. Yeah. And why he put it in there was because he was uh, he was depressed. Is what that was the only thing he kept saying. I'm just depressed. And we were like, so you put a, a, a form, you put something up in your rectum, and the guy had a large bowel structure. I mean, he was like all yeah. distended and sick. And this was the very first time I, I just remember being like, God. I got to call Phil Chang and tell him we're going to the OR for some guy with a Coke bottle in his butt. <laughs> just remember being like, hey, Dr. Chang, <laughs> got to go to the OR, take a guy for a rectal. Well, I think you would like jump. I, I imagine you on the other end of the phone, like jumping up, like, I'll be right there. <laughs> like it was like real exciting. <laughs> I'll tell you, there is one operation that I hate, and that is it. Rectal that is, I love operating. That is one operation that I do not like. And, and it's, and you know, I, I guess we shouldn't judge, but if we, <laughs> if you did that to yourself and we can't get it out after, so you go to the OR, right? You right. try and get it out under general anesthesia and sedation, the normal way, and then you can't get it out. Then it's a laparoscopy and or a laparotomy. Yeah. And I think that guy got a laparotomy. He got a laparotomy. We didn't even do a scope. That thing was like plugged in there. It was, it was like 14 there. or 15 centimeters up. Like I couldn't feel it. Yeah. it, I, it was, I think, no, it must have been about 10. No, I mean, was, I'm pretty sure I was like was an entire us. an entire palm's length. It was teasing us because we could, we could see it, touch it, the tip of it, and yeah. we couldn't get around it. And obviously we figured out. But it's very frustrating, right? Because yeah. you've, you've been working on this for two, three hours, thinking you can get it. Every other toy is like this great hope. Oh, we're going to get this out. Go under anesthesia. Oh, we're going to get this out. And then you don't get it out. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, man, we're going to have to get this guy a laparotomy. Yeah. So we give him a laparotomy. And in this particular case, it, it, it became only at that point did it become clear why we could not get it out. Yeah. Because this was a bottle that's shaped like a, it's a sphere. Yeah, it's like a fat boy. Like yeah. a, like a, yeah. like a, it was a, I think it was like, 14 ounces, 
but it was the size of like an eight ounce Coke bottle, right. like a little bitty right. one. It, and it was called Chubby Cola. It was like a dollar yeah. store brand, right? cotton candy flavored yes. Chubby Cola. And, I, and, I remember that bottle and it was full of something. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 we, and Tiffany was reading the thing going, yeah. the reason it's designed this way is so a little kid can hold, get his hands around and hold on to the <laughs> bottle. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I don't remember specifically, but I, because I have had two of them, I may have them confused, but but oftentimes you end up giving the patient a colostomy. Oh, he, because yeah. the colon is so beat up. You're like, okay, you, you think you can, you can, and we know what to do, right? We didn't, we didn't make a colonomy at the point of obstruction. We made a colonomy upstream, and then it got bigger because we couldn't pull yeah, it through. Yeah, you couldn't go through the side of the yeah, rectum. Yeah, the side of the rectum. Move, <laughs> it was stuck. Like, it had gotten suctioned between the sacrum, yeah. like his, right. his back and the yeah. the, the small back. I mean, I, I, it was it just, just in there. And it's frustrating. And it was like we made this big-ass hole and then still had to, like, grab it with a clamp and, like, yes. like put both feet on the table and pull it up. Right. <laughs> it was and like, then you're looking at this colon going, uh, yeah. I remember. I'd like to sew it up together, but I'm I remember sure it's like, going to leak. We closed it, like, launch it, you know, like longitudinally, and it was like, this thing is not going to. I mean, there's no. there's no, it was narrow. I was like, this guy's going to have a problem. Yeah. So we ended up giving him a bag. I remember we gave yeah, him we a did. colostomy. And yeah. then, I don't know, you, I mean, I don't know if you recall, all I remember from trauma surgery was all the wonderful patient encounters and the family. I remember yes. getting in trouble every week. The parents, family's hating one. me, but I remember this one. the guys, the guy like the next day sobers up, he's got his stoma and he's got his wife. Yes. And she was pissed. Right. And we're like, well, ma'am, what can we help you with? I mean, trying to do my best, like yeah. customer's patient satisfaction. Right. Like I'm, right. I'm working on it. Right. We're rounding it like six in the morning, which I mean is enough to piss anybody else off. But we're, it's like, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And she just laid into me in the hallway yeah. for about 30 minutes <laughs> because he he told us when he sobered up, don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. What about your wife? Nobody. Don't tell anybody. Right. So she's like, what'd you do to him? We're like, man, we operated on him. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like, wait, wait, what? And she's like, he, he said, y'all won't tell him. I'm like, no, ma'am, we told him. What did you do to him? I'm like, ma'am, we... We did an operation on him. <laughs> I remember. And I and, got the second wave, much more blunted, but does he have cancer? Ma'am, he's going to have to tell you himself. Yeah. <laughs> he would be like, we'd go in the room, and I was like, now, sir, your wife wants to know what happened, but you've told me not to say anything. I didn't say that. I didn't say any of that. And, and she'd be like, well, then can he tell me? He'd be like, oh, can you step out for a second, honey? <laughs> and go, no, don't say anything. <laughs> Like, what the shit? What are you gonna tell her? He's like, I, I don't know. So she's like, he said that y'all just gave him a colostomy for no reason. <laughs> I was like, well, ma'am, I, that's not, that's not. I don't even know how to respond to. This. I'm gonna. Re- I was like, I'm gonna refer you to our customer service people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have you call the complaint line. Remember, and, he came to us. Yeah, I was like, we he not showed up. Pluck him out of the street. <laughs> yeah, he he came in for an emergency. He, he's yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, and it was like she was like, nobody called me. If he was if he was drunk, I'm like, ma'am, I don't know about any of his medical. I just we just do the operations, and uh, I can't tell you what it was and why. He got an awful like he got like a wound infection, and he came into the. I think he was he the one that you told like I'll take this down when you show back up with a big bag of money. No. <laughs> There's like this rumor. Phil Chang told me when you come back and you're able to pay cash, big bag of money. It's like an urban legend that's gone on. And then he showed back up in the clinic with like 
cash. Here's five grand. Is this enough? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, this would be a good down payment. I resident will continue to tennis. deny that. Yeah. Now, I, so uh, fa- I think it was Tiffany again. Fast forward a couple of years, and you may have graduated already. A patient came in with a, this time a dildo. Yeah. That'll and, get you. Uh, we could not get it out the normal way. And then I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have to go to OR and do this. And now you're taking a real history because before it was just, let's try and get this out with Foley, right? Yeah. And then, you know, we're talking about it. And I'm like, oh, let me, let me examine you and this and that. We lift up his shirt and there's a midline scar. Sure enough. And then I was like, oh, what operation, what operation have he had? Because we may have to do yeah. a laparotomy. He goes, um, I've had one of these before. And I just went, you have got to be kidding me. Lightning striking twice. <laughs> yeah. And then I look close. I'm like, wait a minute. You've got a scar left lower quadrant. What is That's that? That's the guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, they had to put a bag on. I'm like, no. 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 no different patient. Oh, no, I was going to say. Different patient. <laughs> yeah. That guy. Yeah. We, we had a guy. Uh, we had a guy in a. What a messy case. There was a. Uh, <laughs> there was this patient and um, he. Um, came in and was on the psych unit because I guess he got arrested for like brandishing a kitchen knife all naked right. and um, he was having belly pain and all this stuff so uh, you know psychiatrist or probably the nurse on the psych floor ordered a KUB for abdominal pain and, right and I was like how you can you even tell the guy couldn't I mean couldn't he's like speaking in tongues he was like he was like walking around like with his arms out like fist pumping I mean like right. just doing weird stuff and um, there was like a little rectangle shape uh, like a radio like a little shadow radio lucency overline his rectum and the radiologist just was like there's a foreign body in the rectum so they call us it's like the middle of the night right so we're we we go and see him and the guy can't consent he's like totally out of it and just like completely gone like just gonzo like done all the drugs he had like a pan positive drug screen just (laughs) did everything bath salts and meth and crack and I mean who knows what right so um, we, you know, we, we, like, work him up and get him ready to go to anesthesia. And he, he like, anesthesia is afraid to put him to sleep because they don't know what he's taking. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. They, they decided they're just going to do it under spinal with a little bit of sedation, Ooh. which is kind of funny. But I was like, yeah. oh, because we might have to do lap around. They're like, oh, we'll do a high spinal. And if you have to lap him, I was like, okay. So and we couldn't even examine him because he wouldn't let us back there, right? So, right. Um, <clears throat> we go in and, um, we pull out like a, uh, I mean, it came right out, like just grabbed it with a ring force up and it popped out and it was like a cap, like hair gel or hairspray bottle. Right. <laughs> so, so it was like, okay, so pull it out, let the guy go to recovery and we're off his spinal, send him back up to the psych unit. No big deal. And, um, go out to talk to the family and his family member was like, was she's like I was just glad that y'all didn't do it right away because I had a chance to take a shower, and I was like okay good, and I'm looking at her and and she's like so what was it, and I'm kind of like eyeballing this lady and she looks a little suspicious right and I'm like well, it looked like the cap off of like a shampoo bottle or like a or like a hairspray bottle uh-huh. or like a you know maybe like a, a mousse bottle or some some kind of hair product, and she's like oh. That's where that went to. And I'm look, I'm not shitting you. She's got like a beehive, like done up hair. And she's like, <laughs> I found the bottle on his kitchen sink, on his, his bathroom sink. This bottle's on his bathroom sink. And I couldn't figure out where the cap was. So I, I mean, I was like, uh-huh. 
Just kind of like, wait, what? And I mean, her hair, there was not a hair out of place. It was so shellacked with hairspray. And she's like, so he just tucked the cap and just put it up his butt, huh? I was like, just the cap, man. Definitely not the whole bottom. <laughs> and she's like, since that thing, because I was like, well, he probably, you know, I was telling the resident and the med student, I was like, I mean, he probably put the whole thing up and was like, this doesn't feel good. I'm going to take this out. And he takes out the, the bottle, but leaves the cap. So I'm thinking this lady's just done her hair with this ridiculous, like, like rectal foreign body hairspray bottle. And she's just like, well, I don't know. I'm just glad. I'm just, I mean, we've only been married for like a month. And I was like, oh, shit. He told me he was clean. I was like, yeah, clean. Hopefully he washed it with Yeah, soap. I was like, man. She's like, yeah. I was just half expecting her to be like, smells funny, too. <laughs> What's, I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm like, oh. I, did we shake hands when I walked in? <laughs> Hand sanitizer. Yeah. Got to use Avgard. Yeah. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I was just like, yes. That's like my number one when I go out to, you know, I, I see, like, family at, uh, at, you know, family reunion or outing. You have any good rectal form body stories? <laughs> like I've got two. Let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> you ever heard of Chubby Cola? Chubby, Chubby, Chubby Buddy. Yeah. Is it Chubby Buddy? Chubby Cola. Chubby Cola. Chubby Cola. The uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I always I, whenever I think about crazy stories, I always uh, I try to one up the resident. The Chubby Cola almost always gets them, and it doesn't even do it justice because I just remember how like. That was like a surreal. It was. Just like, wow, this is happening. Yeah. And then the next day with the wife yelling at me, and I was like, this is happening too. <laughs> I feel like that was like all the time though. I remember I remember getting yelled at so much my chief year that I think we were we did rounds in the cafeteria and I got to sit down rounds. Yeah. It was like just random Wednesday. And you yeah. were you were on service and you were like, What'd you do today? And I was like, Well, we did it. No, and he's like, and you were just like, No. Who'd you piss off this morning? And I was like, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, well, there was this one lady, <laughs> and then like, then like five seconds later, it's like the CMO's office calling. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, uh huh, yeah, we'll take care of it. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking to him right now. No, no, I'm gonna ask him about it. No, I, I think it was just overblown. No big deal. And it's like, shit. <laughs> like just every every morning, I would just go up and just try to do my job, and people would just get mad at me. And I was like, I'm, I know. I know it's because they're in a bad place because their loved one just did something stupid to hurt themselves and they're taking it out on me instead of them or, or whatever. But man, people were just, they just did not like the look of my face at 4.30 in the morning. They just were like, Mm-mm, no way, brother. Yeah, that's probably when you said, nah, I'm not doing this trauma thing. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> no, I remember one lady got mad. We, um, we came in and it was like, shit, it was 8 o'clock at night. We're making rounds up on the floor with the intern and... I was, this is a, this is definitely a chief year move. And, um, I, we were just walking around. We had to go see a few people and we had had this guy who was NG tube had been clamped all day. He's an old dude's like 80. Nice guy. He's probably like a college professor or something. He's a real yeah. citizen, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. just a good guy and, um, recovering from some operation. And, um, the, the daughter was in there and she's like, when are you taking this tube out? And I was like, well, we were just coming by to see, we were just going to go ahead and pull it out. Well, I mean, we haven't been told anything. I'm like, well, you know, we came by rounds on, like six o'clock tomorrow, we took Doctor, you know Bernard by or whoever, and um, and it was like, I was like, we're, we're gonna go ahead and take the tube out, 
like that's what you want, right? She's like, I mean, well, we should know that he's going to get his tube. I was like, yeah, we're going to do so. I'm, I'm like actively donning gloves and uh, getting a paper towel out so that I can put the tube. And I walk over and talk to him like, okay, are you feeling nauseated, sir? And she's like, he's not nauseated. Like over, talking over him. And I'm just like, okay, we're going to do what we can. Try not to not to be too upset. And um, he, uh, I, I just, you know, untape his nose. And she's still like kind of yelling at the intern. And I was like, okay. All right, well, take a deep breath. I was like, you know, just, uh, just you're okay, and pull the tube out. And she, like, literally, before I even had the tube and the paper towel, grabs me by the wrist. This is the the daughter. Grabs me by my wrist. I was like, I need to talk to you outside in the hall. And I was like, okay. I'm looking around. I'm like, what the, f-? okay, yeah, I mean, sure. Whatever you want, ma'am. And go back out in the hallway, and she just starts, like, like literally screaming at me. She closes the door so her dad can't hear her, and she literally starts screaming at me. And I was like, ma'am, I, she's like, I, what do you think you're doing? I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I'm his doctor. What are, you, what are you yelling at me for? She's like, you did not give him enough time to emotionally prepare to have that tube taken oh, out. And goodness. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, lady. I think I told, I think I might have even been like, listen, lady, I, I don't understand what you're, t- I, I told you we're here to take the tube out. I actively started untaping the tube. He, he is going to experience that in a way you will never know because you are not the same person as him. And I'm like, what on earth are you talking? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Oh, shit, I can't wait to hear this one. I was like, look, I, I don't know what, what you want me to say. Do you, you were literally just in there yelling at me about taking the tube out. And she was like, well, I'm going to have a talk with your boss. I'm like, go ahead. I was like, go, go ahead and find him. You can call, you want me to te- page him right now? No, but we will talk tomorrow and I'm going to call, I'm going to file a written complaint. And I was like, I don't, I was like, I think I might've even been like, I don't give a shit. Like I was just like, I know, I was just like, I, I don't understand what the hell you're mad about lady. And she was just looking at me like, I can't believe he just talked back to me. I'm going to yell at this little, I mean, and part of it, I guess, is I still, you look probably like a look, kid. look like I was like you 15 like years old. You look like but a kid. I can't help that. I mean, yeah. shit. I, I'm, I was like very, I'm always real big on, I am, hi, I'm Dr. Perry. I am your attending surgeon. Hi, I'm Dr. Perry. I'm the chief resident. I'm actually his boss. I'm the one that makes the decision on the tube. We're going to take your tube out. This is great. And it's like, you son of a bitch. How <laughs> dare you assault? You basically assault. I think she may have said that I, I think, basically yeah, assaulted I, I, him no, that, that by, was, by slowly pulling an NG tube out of an old man. I was, was committing was assault. Case. I remember this case. I just remember being like, well, I mean, well, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know about it. And I just went, yeah. It's okay, like, I, whatever. I, you know. If she wants to talk to me, I'll talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have even been the morning when I was. You were like, "What did you do?" Yeah. <laughs> like, no, what, nothing came of it. I mean, what you know? Well, it was like. I mean, I pulled yeah. a tube out. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's like getting upset when they're like, "I'm in. A, I don't want. I want a private room." I'm like, I, "I already asked the nurse coordinator. You need to be able to do this." I'm like, "Well, I can't just snap my fingers and make that guy over there disappear. It doesn't work like that." And <laughs> as much as I'd like to, well, I've never. When Doctor Burton did my other hernia. <laughs> he got me a private room. He put me in the ICU. I'm like, well, they, they get real mad at me if I do that. Then, I got, <laughs> then they're mad at me too. <clears throat> yeah, that, that was like, I just was like, oh my God, this is so classic blue surgery. Like yeah, you just can't, you just cannot win in that yeah, situation. No. That's the, I mean, that's, that's, that's my like, it's kind of sad. That that's my overriding memory of trauma is like always being at war with like the patient families. Like, I was like, I mean, you might as well just abandon the idea of having good press gainy scores. Like, customer satisfaction is at an all-time high, 30%. <laughs> it's like you're, like, tracking along like you're the U.S. Congress or something. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we're doing great. We're in double digits. The approval rating. Yeah, I know. 
It is hard. It is hard because, you know, they come in, patient and family, they come in and and it's already none of this planned. Right. It's trauma, right? And they're already upset at each other oftentimes because why didn't you take that route? You know, yeah. why didn't you take the other car? Why didn't you... I told you not to. I told you not yeah. to drink a bunch of beers before right. driving home. Right, right. So you not to do drugs. You know, yeah, like, whatever God, it is. Wear a damn helmet when you ride your ATV up a mountain. Yeah. Shit. Right. So they're already upset. Yeah. And uh, and then you know, ERB and ER. Sometimes they hang out there for a while. Oh yeah. You know, and and they don't like that we don't have answers right away. Um, we do everything we can, but yeah, you're like behind the eight ball at the at the onset. You just have no. Yeah. I mean. They're just in, you know, and some of this, not necessarily, I wouldn't say, I'd say unintentional self-inflicted stuff, mm. like the, like, dumbass that, like, decides to go, like, sledding down a road. Right. You know, or, yeah. like, the, um, you know, guy who's going to jump from a tree to his tree stand during deer season. You know, it's like, okay, you did that totally to yourself. You didn't mean to kill yourself or yeah. try to kill yourself, but you basically tried to kill yourself by yeah. being kind of yeah. stupid at times yeah. or, or just making right. poor decisions right. under the influence or whatever. Right. And it's like that pisses off the other family, but they're at, they know they can't be mad at the patient. And the nurses are there. So they can't be. The nurses are the one. They're they're holding hands and they're they're doing their job. I mean, they can. They get mad. My wife's a nurse. They get mad at the nurses yeah, too. Sure, but sure. but like it's like there's the trauma surgeon. Why aren't they doing surgery? <laughs> Why aren't they doing anything to fix this? They let this happen. Wait wait hold on. <laughs> I I didn't I did not. We didn't push it down. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in many in many regards, uh, well, in some regards, may not be the primary reason, but that's one of the reasons I prefer just personally, emergency general surgery to trauma. You know, that, that patient interaction and family interaction, I tend to find that the EGS population much more grateful. Oh, yeah. You know, they come here, they're in pain or whatever, right? They're yeah. uncomfortable. They come through the emergency room, gets transferred to our emergency room. I see them. You know, we come up with a plan. We talk to them, surgery or not, whatever. We almost, I mean, we always get them better. Yeah. Or we do something, you know, we try yeah. to get them better. And uh, they're grateful, right? I suppose a trauma patient who an hour ago was actively having a good time doing whatever it is. Yeah. Right? They're healthy, active, and then something, something dramatic happened. Yeah. And now they can't walk. Yeah. You know, because both femurs are fractured. Yeah. You know? So so there is that, you know, the expectation and whatnot. It's just now the, the main reason I prefer EGS uh, truthfully, is because of the operative side. Yeah, it's, I mean, hell yeah. We talk about this on other yeah. episodes of Pi. Just yeah. how much fun it is to operate. Like doing yeah. a great like right. emergency colectomy, small sure. bowel section in the middle of the night. Sure. Those are great cases. Oh, sure. perfect ulcer. God, yeah. I was telling yeah. I, you know I had my my daughter was on um, at the hospital the other day and she was trying to do some podcasting and she, <laughs> I was like, what does daddy do for a living? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like daddy operates. That's what I do for. That's my. That's what I do. But I was telling her, I was like, the one thing I've never done is a bleeding duodenal ulcer. Never done a bleeder. Like I've never had a bleeding. That was my white whale in residency. I never had to go to the OR for a bleeding duodenal ulcer. Really? Yeah. I mean, everybody else, freaking like Gabe Beats did like eight of them. And I yeah. was like, I, I didn't do a single one. Like people, beats, yeah. people would show you didn't up do and one. I never did a single. We let you no. graduate. Come I, on. I knew how to do it. I mean, I I did Call plenty of do it. I know. I was Call like, back. 
I was like, I can't wait for one to happen. I, I've never been more prepared for a case in my entire life that I haven't done yet. So have you done one since? No. I might, well, I might actually, I might have done one out in practice. I think I went to the OR for one, and we ended up doing an intractomy on the person. Yeah, okay. They had like a kissing yeah. ulcer or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but I, I was always like, I'm like, that's my white whale. Like I, wow. I just, you know, I did just about everything. Mean, we cut a guy in half. I mean, we yes. we did a. Hemi- you did the corpectomy? No, I did it. Well, I did a hemipelvectomy. Hemipelvectomy, yeah. Yeah, that was my big. That was my biggest save. Wow. I can't say that guy's name, but um, he was a, right. like a grateful uh, guy. But he was a yeah. tractor accident, mm-hmm. and we took him to the OR. He was so sick that you I did had it to- with Dan Kennedy, right? No, no, that one we did with uh, the Swiss Miss. Oh. Boulanger and the Swiss Miss. Oh, I missed that case. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. He was a kid that um, he, he fell yeah. on the tractor and, like, split yeah. his pelvis open yeah. down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And we, um, we brought him to the OR and, like, yeah. packed his pelvis and, right. like, That's a great resect the small bowel Incredible and all that stuff. And he's, he's, like, walking on, his, on like, a prosthesis, prosthesis and stuff. Yeah. Like, he was, like, an amazing story. I got yeah. zero credit. <laughs> on that, you know, and that was Richard Schwartz, who you know, yeah. like Schwartz was just covering that night and was like, Jacob, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I was a four. I didn't. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Come yeah. in, yeah. Jesus Christ, let's yeah. do this. We brought him upstairs. We lapped yeah. him. See, there are packed some him grateful, and all this there are some grateful trauma patients. Yeah, no, I have, I have my uh, my one guy put on ECMO and everything. I mean, yeah, I mean, there there were some, yeah, yeah, and he's walking around. He works in there's the hospital. Some, there's so. some like wild wild ass cases. There's some out good there. saves. Yeah, but, we have had some good saves. Yeah, I remember that. That one was like that one sticks. That one I had to put a chest tube in to rewarm the person to give them factor seven. I was yeah. like, we're putting in a chest tube, we're putting in microwaved LR it, into it, the chest in order to give them a eighty thousand dollar dose of medicine that I don't even think is going to work. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a few years ago, um, long before I was in this position, um, somebody called me and said, "Hey, we're doing this grateful grateful patient thing, and one of them is your patient, so we want I, we want you to be there, you know, if you can." And I was busy, you know, operating and whatnot. So I, it was around lunchtime, so I showed up. They were just letting patients talk about stuff. And, and I go up there, um, and I'm looking around the three patients that were called up to be grateful patients. I'm like, I took care of him. That's the one they called me for. But I took care of her <laughs> and her. They all come up and, hey. I'm like, because one of them's pediatric. Yeah. Uh, uh, SMA um, injury. And... Uh, me and Dr. Beal, remember? Yeah, Dan Beals. Yeah. 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 Beaker. Yes. I'm like, we need to go to the ER. No, what are you going to the ER for? Something's not right. Something's yeah. not right. The abdominal exam, something is wrong. We need to go to the ER. Went to the OR, SMA transaction. And, uh, yeah. So she lost a bunch of small bowel. But, but she's a safe. Huge safe. So, yeah, I mean, there are, there are some very grateful patients. Yeah. In trauma, but you're right. Yeah, with with the with that mix of patients, there's there are also some patients who are not. It's like yeah, yeah. the the fam. I mean, and and it's it's sad because I felt I feel like you guys as the attendings. You know, when you're a resident, like especially as the chief, the interns are just sort of like I don't know, I don't know shit. I'm an intern. Right. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not. I'm just an intern. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm the chief resident. Oh, you're the chief, so you're in charge. And then then you guys like right. swoop in and are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, it's, yeah, no. Yeah, no, he's a good doctor. He means well. It must have been a misunderstanding. They're like, oh, thank you so much, Dr. Chang. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
are you, you're wearing a collared shirt. We're so happy. <laughs> We're so happy we have a real doctor now. It's like, oh, he's the real doctor. Sure he is. Sure, sure. <laughs> Junior over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're, we're yeah. super happy with his care now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just ignore that email we sent to this to the uh, CEO. Yeah. Yeah. We sent this one to the uh, newspaper. Yeah. So, so what's it like uh, now that you've been there more than a number of years? What's it like there full time? And, you know, we, I've spent some time there, but that's not the same. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, you know. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it is, I mean, we're like a full-functioning hospital. You sure. know, when I took the job, my neighbor in Lexington asked if I was going to go on a mission. <laughs> He's like, you're going to do missionary work? <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's like a real town and everything. Like, there's a college there and right. there's a gas station and, you know, but uh, it's it's been cool, I guess. You know, uh, I, I enjoy my patients a lot. Um the rural population has a lot of challenges. You guys see it here. It's nobody's mistaken Lexington for a rural town, but you guys have such a referral base that you see a lot of the same we people. Have the same that patients. We see. Yeah, we're yeah. really a rural uh, referral center. You know, yeah. we're a rural hospital. I feel like we get a, a jump start on all of the nation's medical problems. You know, like we we've been obese before it was cool. Like we <laughs> we've had diabetes, like bad bad diabetes, uh, rampant. And uh, yeah. I mean, we have yeah. higher rate of colon cancer than everybody else. We've got higher rates of, um, you know, lung cancer, yeah. unemployment, you name right. it, smoking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a challenge because patients have, you know, they're they're sick. You know, they have a bad protoplasm a lot of times because they they just are, you know, years of not having access to healthcare or not paying attention to healthcare. And there's a real fatalism in the Appalachian population that I've discovered of like. Pfft, I don't care. I, I, if I got cancer, I got cancer. Until it's like, oh, I'm going to die? Mm, I'm not ready to die yet. Can you fix me now? Kind of a right. situation. So we get a lot of that. Right. Um, but it's good. I mean, it's it's a great um, – we have a great, like, operative load from a, a general surgeon standpoint. I mean, we'd all like to be busier, I think. But um, we can do kind of what we want to do at our hospital. So – uh, for instance, we do bariatrics there. We do gastric sleeves, That's which is which is pretty cool, and yeah. um, it, it opens up that as a um, as a, like a real. That was like something that I helped start, which I'm like really mm-hmm. proud of because it helps um, kind of give access to that to a whole patient yeah. population that that really it wasn't going to do it, yeah. you know. And the, but we do um, we 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 don't do any more vascular, which is a real bummer because we'd be a great outpost out there yes. between Lexington yep. and Ashland to mm-hmm. be able to to mm-hmm. have some kind of vascular uh, presence more so than we have the outpatient clinic, which we're actually very grateful for. But we um, we would like to have somebody full time doing carotids and aortas sure. and sure. stents and stuff like that. Yeah. That'd be really good. But um, but like for my, I mean, like if I want to do lap, laparoscopic colectomies, I, I have I do probably more than your average general surgeon, just because you know we're we're out there and we do. Um, I mean, more lap coles than you can stick, shake a stick at. They're yeah. not, you know. I, I give the residents the residents. I was like, when I was a resident and I decided I was going to go to Moorhead, um, it was like, oh, this is a Moorhead gallbladder, and it's like, well, we're here in Lexington taking out this gallbladder, <laughs> which looks totally normal. They're not all like that, and, and it's like my first two, one of them perforated, and the guy, like, died from it because he was so sick from his perforated yeah. gallbladder because he'd been ignoring it for 10 years. Right. Right. And then the next one um, w- was, like, three hours of chipping away concrete, oh, yeah, and it was yeah, just yeah. like Moorhead gallbladder. This is a Moorhead gallbladder. Oh, that's easy out there. It's not like these big city gallbladder, you know, and, so we do have a, a good mix of, like, really, really, like, ignoring yep. it sick patients. Sure, and, sure. Um, 
sure. So it's it's been good. It's been busy. You know, we, we have a good system right now. We take call like a week at a time. So okay. we're kind of like how the ped surgeons did yep. it here. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're on call, like manage the whole service, everything yep. for one week at a time, and then take two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of sucked when it was take uh, one week, uh, one week on call, and then one week off. That, that right. kind of sucked. But right. Um, right. Right. but it's been good. You know, going back to three people on, it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the patients a lot. They're real funny. Like I mean, we have great patient stories like every week of like silly stuff that happens in the clinic and and they they keep us you know there's always something to learn you know like whether it's like my first appalachian funeral <laughs> or like you know or like like uh all the different like things that people do for a living and stuff you know like uh a lot of loggers and they have all kinds of crazy stories and stuff you know like i was that. i was actually out there a few months ago so i uh twice uh we work with uh your cmo will yeah blonde um on uh you know, the whole opioid crisis. And, um, you know, people say, you know, small hospitals, and, and it was a real humbling experience for me because we have this collaboration and uh, we started a opioid stewardship program in UK first. So when I was talking to Will, he goes, yeah, we need that and uh, we can collaborate. We apply for a small grants, got it. So we're out there trying to help you guys set up an opioid stewardship program. And as we're sitting there talking, he goes, hey, we're doing this cool thing in the, in the clinic. Well, he didn't say a cool thing. He said, we're doing this thing in clinic. Come to find out, it's a really cool program where Will and a couple of physicians do an opioid de-prescribing or de-escalating oh, yeah. um, every Wednesday morning. And I just, I was just, it, again, it's humbling because here I was thinking we're going to go and teach yeah. Same clear on how to do well, this. Well, I mean, you know, we need yeah, yeah. we need some big city doctors coming yeah, yeah, to show yeah. us the way. There, and then Will's like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" I'm going, "Wow, that is so cool." Yeah, and uh, we're, we've been trying to replicate it, and I haven't been able to do it. Yeah, um, it, it's it's tough. Um, there's a lot of. I mean, the opioid thing is like absolutely oh, yeah. just killing. It, it is. I mean, it's yeah. it's like devastating the population, it and is. it has been for a long time. And it's kind of. I remember when I was a resident, thinking like, "Man, if they um, if they called it heroin." all these pain pills people are doing that people would like freak out. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, it was like, Oh, you know, heroin, uh, narcotics, that's a problem for big cities. And, and small towns don't have that problem. I remember thinking like, man, everybody that comes in, like a third of the yeah. people we're treating in trauma or we're seeing are, are like, you know, like just, I just take pain pills. I'm on pain pills all the time and they're prescribed to me. I'm getting yeah. them for back pain or they come in with them in their system. I remember like draining abscesses and people injecting in their toes and stuff oh, yeah. when I was an intern. And right. that was, I mean, that's, I mean, that's 13 years ago. Yeah. And thinking. It was always there. Yeah. And it, and it's like, it didn't become popular until they, until the Percocets and stuff got so expensive, people switched to heroin. Mm-hmm. And then people started dying off from heroin and fentanyl. Right. Then right. it's like, oh, it right. started happening in cities outside yeah. of Kentucky as yeah. well. Yeah. So like West Virginia, Kentucky, you know, Eastern Virginia, or I mean, uh, Western Virginia, um, has always just been like. Yeah, and like hotbed of that. Right, you, you know? guys get the full blunt of it, right? Because yeah. all of Appalachia come up through the, through yeah, the parkway. Was, right there on 64 and the right? mountain. Yeah, yeah. Guys, yeah. So we, um, we, I mean, it's not, it's not usually, I mean, I, I have patients all the time will be like, well, I don't do, I mean, I'm on, you know, I I, I dabble. I do a little yeah. bit of Percocet. Right, right. And then you but find out it's like. It's oh like you do, God, like every day. day. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think um, it's funny how much we've shifted our thinking on post-operative pain medicine and what we can do beforehand. And, 
you know, um, using different like multimodal anesthesia and stuff. We, we do a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. but like we used to routinely, I mean, you, you know, I, oh, remember, yeah. I remember routinely like, yeah, oh, femur yeah. fracture, 120 yeah. percent. That's right. Your, yeah, yeah, your yeah. bones back, you're fixed, right. you're walking right. on it, but you're still getting 120 of these yep. pills. Yep. And, yep. you know, I don't think it's all because of over prescribing. I think it was, I think part it's of it is like, it's like, you know, we were instructed, like, patients aren't supposed to be in pain. You're right. not doing your job as a yeah. doctor if a patient's yeah. hurting, yeah. and they're going to be mad, and you're going to get sued because you left them suffering and pain and whatever, and there's this pressure to, to take all the pain away. And then um, then it all of a sudden is like, oh, you guys are writing too many prescriptions for all yeah. this time. But, but what, I th- what I think is is was refreshing when I, when I was at, which, by the way, you guys have a McDonald's now. You're big time. Yes, right in the parking lot. Yeah, we I share know. a parking. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think I think smaller hospitals have the flexibility to move really quickly. Yeah. You know, like what Will did, and it's what a year and a half later, I still can't replicate it here. Yeah. I can't get it together, even yeah. though every person at UK I've talked to said that's a great idea. We should do. Yeah, it. we should definitely send all of our patients yeah. there. I don't want to send my patients there. You know, like the I don't know if it's well, like I a, can't find a doctor who wants to do it. Yeah. You know, we have a pilot, so it's, I shouldn't say we can't do it. We're going. Working on but, it. But, you yeah. know, it's always the, it's sort of the big system, right? We're thinking about, okay, how much space do we need? What is the projected volume of patients we think we need? And I have no idea how many patients we think we need. I just yeah. know in my heart that There's you're going to get patients. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, there patients will be will lots come. of patients. There will be lots of patients. Well, we don't really know, and, and I get it, right? We're going to invest, so we need to know what's sort of RI and this, this yeah. and that. I get all of it. But it just, yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's a bigger. System, definitely, you know? I mean, it's definitely necessary at this point to do something about it. Yeah. you know, you can't yeah. just ignore it. We actually um, this year, one of our quality things is going to be we're going to follow the guidelines that the uh, ACS put out right. um, about how many Percocets yes. or oxycodone right. equivalents for gallbladders yeah. and happy. And mm-hmm. we're trying to get seventy five percent of our patients to be yeah. on those low. Yeah. But what what happens is is that I've just been like every patient that I see. I just tell them, like, everybody usually takes one or two or three of these right. over a day, yeah. and then you're back on Tylenol, yeah. and that way you don't get addicted. Yeah. And they're, they, I don't ever get phone calls back. I used to get phone Before calls you, all the time. I'd give them 40 pills right. from a hernia. And then they want more and then they would, now they're addicted. Yeah, or they, them an addict. yeah or, they, or they would call back, like, two days later. Now I'm like, look, you're going to get prescription right. for one day, and, and that's it. And we were switched to this, and all of a sudden— it's, it's actually like, better. It's like people yeah. are, are but, following But I bet rules. what you're doing is you're telling them up front before surgery, yeah. right? That's all you get. It's like prehab. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and it was interesting, you know, uh, this is before you came here. Richard Schwartz, and this is when Celebrex was hot, right? It's a Celebrex, oh, yeah. You remember mm-hmm. Celebrex? Yeah. So Richard Schwartz actually had a trial and basically comparing the traditional way of doing it, Percocet, you know, uh, Lortab, whatever, against Celebrex. Nothing but Celebrex post-op for inguinal hernia repair. And this is pre-laparoscopic, so yeah. these things hurt. I mean, they hurt quite a bit to the point where the board answer used to be, you don't ever do bilateral inguinal hernia repair open. Yeah, because it's too much pain. Because it's too much pain, and the patient don't mobilize. They stay in the hospital for two, three days, and they get <sighs> their risk for DVT. Yeah. I mean, that was the board answer. <laughs> Now it's yeah. like, what do you mean? You get slapped for traffic. It's like you have to make them go to the recovery room now? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I mean, it's so different, right, yeah. when you think about it. But but Richard Schwartz was doing that. And uh, and then, you know, all the cardiac problem with Celebrex, it just went away. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it we need to go back to it. And, yeah. and so what we started asking um, Dave Sloan and Courtney Lee to do, and they're doing it now, is a concept called 
zero opioids. Very yeah. close to what you're doing. Just just a, yeah. just a smidge better. And and obviously there are right patients for it and that sort of thing. But for thyroid parathyroid, zero. Yeah. Zero zero narcotic. And uh, and it's up front. And it was funny because we went to them and said, Hey, what do you think about this? We read a New Yorker article on some US military personnel who needed a hysterectomy in Germany. And her German physician said you don't get opioids. You don't get any narcotics in the post-operative period. She goes, what do you mean? So she didn't believe them, went to another doctor, went to an anesthesiologist. Everybody told her the same thing. And so she wrote about it because she was able to get by with nothing. Yeah. And it's a hysterectomy. So I, I read that and I go, you know, I bet we could do the same thing here. So we went to Courtney and she said, yeah, we should do this. So they were fully on board. And then we said, how can we help? Can we print up brochures and whatever? And they met and talked about it, and they go, no, we don't want any flyers. We don't want pamphlets. We don't want anything. We don't want you to make a big deal of it because all we're going to say to our patients is that's just the way it is. Yeah. And it was better. Yeah. I don't mean, make a big deal of it. Yeah, just uh, this is how we do it. Yeah. You know? And, and we, we did the same thing. We started sending people home from uh, appendectomies from the recovery room. Yeah, uh-huh. And we were like, patients aren't going to buy this. Everybody wants to stay. And I was like, no, we're just going to tell them. We're just going to – we you. don't need a plan. Yeah, we, we, just, we just said like – yeah, tough. You're just yep. leaving, and we just yep. made it a way where we have to do it. And we did a, uh, the first year, we were like 100. We were like wow. 70 out of 70. Yeah. Um, wow. And it every if they were non perforated, no pus, they all went home the same day. Yeah. Like yeah. just right out of the recovery room, like they're having a lap coli. And it's it's they, all upfront expectation, yeah. right? Because you meet them in the ER and you go, hey, you know, if we don't find perforation or pus, you're going home after this. Well, they're like, oh, let me make up make some phone calls. Yeah. Then what we did, we'd say, um, you know, you um, you. We, well, you can't send them home. They can't get their payments. And the, there's no 24-hour pharmacies. That's the beauty of a small town, right? No, yeah. no 24-hour right, right, pharmacies. Right, right, right. So what we would tell them is like, well, if it's 10 o'clock, we'll give you a perk set for the road if you really need one. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we can call in a prescription if you call us next morning. Never got calls. Yeah. People would just take Tylenol yeah. and nah, ibuprofen. You know, I mean, no. it's rare unless they were already on narcotics, which case they just call their narcotic doctor. Right. And sure. so. And they probably we, have, a, have a bottle at home. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we, we didn't have to worry about any of it. And, yeah. and it was like. Just like just by telling people this is how yeah. it is, yeah. And it's like like we were like, oh, they're gonna be like, well, my uncle had his out last month. Yeah, you know, I had my um, cervical disc fused, uh, C five C six, and um, post op, you know, uh, Phil Tibbs is my surgeon and he's old school, yeah. kept me in the hospital, which is fine. Stay in the hospital. I was a PACU porter, by the way. Nice, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, get the real which, experience. Which I'll tell you what, it didn't bother me one bit. I was so sort of, in, in hindsight, I was so loopy. I mean, I was writing emails, texts, and all that stuff, but I didn't, I didn't care. Yeah. I was fine. I come out, and it's like, which way is the bathroom? I know you told me last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I kind of missed it when they put me upstairs on 6th floor. And, um, uh, but anyway, I, I knew I didn't want any more Percocets, right? Yeah. And... Uh, and people kept coming to me. Oh, it's time for your Percocet. I'm like, I, I don't want Percocet. I just want Tylenol. Yeah. You just want Tylenol? I guess I can make a call to the resident. Yeah, let me call the doctor. I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's that sort of culture, right? Because yeah. because this is how it's always been yeah. done. This so, is what it is. so since then, we've built into the order set where, you know, tier one is Tylenol ibuprofen. Yeah. Actually, tier one is like, no, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me, but tier one is like 
heat pack and the yes, ice pack. Yes, yes, love and, the ice pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then tier two <laughs> is your, you know, Tylenol, Advil stuff. Yeah. And then tier three is your oxycodone or oxycon. Yeah. Or not oxycon, uh, you know, that's right? yeah. Yeah, hydrocodone. So, so really trying to entice the physician to, so so the same thing wouldn't happen, right? Yeah. You should give me some Tylenol, and if I really need it, then you, go then you the give me the oxycodone, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> and we've made some progress. Actually, yeah. we've made some serious progress in the hospital, inpatient use. The nut we haven't, we need to start cracking is the ambulatory piece. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. Is that to, is hard. Like, especially because you don't control everybody's doctors. Exactly. You, you don't you control, control anything. Yeah. You control nothing. So, But but I I really do believe that, that, and maybe it's sort of my, 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 my narrow view of everybody coming through the ER because it's what I do. Yeah. That a lot of these patients get hooked with the hospital setting or a dentist setting, a yeah. procedure setting. Like yeah. that's, how it starts. How it starts. Yeah. Or it's their first exposure, and then it sets them up to yeah. be more prone, I think, I, is I was, showing. I was, uh, this is maybe a couple of years ago. <clears throat> I was with my oldest. She's 15 now, so she was probably 13, 14 at the time. She had a friend in the gymnastics team who was in high school texting her. It's like, I had my wisdom tooth pulled, and now um, I'm all bloated and nauseous. And she's like, Dad, so-and-so had this problem. I'm like, wait a minute. That has nothing to do with the GI tract. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How much? May, yeah. Ask her if she's on anything. Yeah. If she was prescribed something. She goes, yeah, 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 yeah. So text comes back. Um, Lortab, you know, like yeah. two pills, Q6 or whatever. I mean, it's like a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. She's not even driving yet. And uh, don't and worry was, about DUI. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's probably all it is. Tell yeah. her to switch to Tylenol if she has pain, and don't test that again. Gotta get her ultrasound of her gallbladder. Uh, Gotta get her right. gallbladder. <laughs> <laughs> right now, that's living in a small town. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it just you know you hear stories like this going. God, what are we doing? Yeah. You know? I better let you go. It's yeah. getting up on time. We're, right, we're over over time. Well, um, Phil Chang, CMO UK Healthcare. Jacob Perry. It's great. Great Podcast having you. Extraordinary. Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to come on. We'll, have to, we'll have to do it again sometime. I appreciate you coming <coughs> all the way over. 